You're listening to the Align for Talent podcast, a career source, Suncoast production. Turns out over 80% of the people around don't enjoy their work. Your number one source for career advice and workforce trends. Is it appropriate or not appropriate to use notes during an interview? You prove people wrong, you prove yourself wrong, that you can make these little incremental pushes of what you believe is possible for yourself. Now for the show. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Chris Laney, and I have my friend Bradley Anderson, the director of small business for TriMet in the studio today. And what's unique about this podcast is we're not actually talking about his work. We're going to save that for another time. We're going to be talking about when he came to the United States from South Africa and some of the nuances that occurred and some of those culture shocks that happened as he joined the American workforce. So let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I have my friend Bradley Anderson in the studio today. He is the director of small business from Trinet. But you know what's unique about this podcast is we're not necessarily going to be talking about what he does every day. That's we're going to save that for another podcast. But I want to start off, Bradley. Again, thank you for being here. And can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and and why we're here and having this conversation today? I would absolutely love to. And first and foremost, thank you, Chris, for having me on here. It is it is awesome uh, to see what you're doing here for the community and to be involved in that. It's a, it's an honor. So thank you very much for that. Uh, so yes, as the accent probably gives it away. I'm uh, certainly not local uh, to the area, originally uh, from South Africa, in fact, a little town called Benoni, uh, which is in a, uh, a province called Gauteng. Um, try and say that uh, three times over. Uh, but actually been over here in the country for about 12 years now. Um, came over on Christmas Eve 2006 after uh, spending a couple months uh, over here in the States earlier on that year, actually representing South Africa, which is an amazing opportunity. Um, that in itself is a story for a different day, but I think what is interesting to highlight is it uh, provides a lot of context for the call today. Um, well, the, the the podcast. The podcast. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it, it's funny you say that because it's, it's not uncommon for us to call in and, and have someone call in, but you're live in the studio today, Woo! so it, it works out really great. Um, but yeah, so the, the point is, a few months ago, I guess it's been a little longer than that, about six months ago, you helped me with another project that I was working on, and we had a conversation just about your integration into the American workforce, and um, the conversation went so well. I was so fascinated by some of the things that you were sharing, and I just knew when we get this podcast going, you're coming back to the studio. And so that's why I'm excited to have you here. I, I We're going to start with... Um, this this is kind of for me kind of the million dollar question around you coming to the United States and getting involved into our work culture. Sure. To you, what was that biggest culture shock related to working in the United States versus being in South Africa? Wow, Chris, I mean that is a that's uh, it's a big question and it's very loaded in a lot of different ways, right? Um, you you think about the workforce piece, but then there's also all the other areas that tie to that too. You think about little things as actually having a postal service that actually works where you can actually take an Amazon package that didn't fit or it's not the right gift. There's no Amazon in South Africa? Oh, th- there is, but the postal delivery is a whole <laughs> different story and many people over there can relate. But the funny thing is you can drop it in the mail and the next day it's back at you know the, the distribution warehouse wherever it needs to go. So there's these little nuances that uh, you, you're not a well acquainted to when you come over to the U.S. And specifically when you think about some of uh, just basic laws within South Africa versus the U.S. and how you have to navigate those, those certainly drive a bigger question as to, wow, what else is actually different here within within this, this country? And that could be something as simple as uh, 
you know, one of the biggest culture shocks that I had was the amount of time that people actually work over here throughout the day. In South Africa, there is uh, something called African time where, uh, you know, if you get there 50 minutes late, that's fine. You typically work a little bit later on that afternoon. But people are very punctual and their days don't stop at the end of the day. They go home and they continue working even even beyond that, uh, whereas you you typically stop. So that, I would say, is probably one of the biggest areas that I had to get used to was just trying to adapt to the work structure that there is here within the United States. So uh, I will tell you, when you travel around the United States, there are, uh, I mean, when I was in Nashville, I worked in the music industry, and there was definitely Nashville time. People show up 30 minutes late, and uh, I would go, oh, I've been sitting here for 30 minutes. <laughs> Sounds like I need to go to Nashville. <laughs> it would fit in a lot, a lot better. Well, what, was, what was one of those hardest things that you had to adapt to when you were beginning your career here in America? I think, you know, and it's not so much something I think, but more so that I can speak from experiences. Growing up in South Africa, you've got um, your network, especially when you start working, you've got networks, you've got acquaintances, work colleagues. You, you build a brand for yourself within that particular country. Once you started here in the U.S., you built an entire lifetime worth of, of a reputation that you've built up. And you come over here and then all of a sudden it's gone in a moment. And, uh, and that is by far one of the most difficult areas that you have to try and navigate and try and adapt to when we think about the greater scope of the culture here within the States. Well, at least that, that, that's been my, my perception of it. But do you feel as though, I mean, thinking into the context of living in, within the United States, if I... You know, I've lived in this community my entire life for the most part. Um, I've built the same brand, relationships, so on and so forth. If tomorrow I pick up and I move to New Mexico, uh, do, do you feel like that? I mean, I'm going to have to build up a new network and, and try to promote who I am and what I do. I mean, it's similar. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, and that's actually a phenomenal analogy. I mean, you, you think about the successes that you've had in specific areas and how when you move over into a new organization, I mean, there's always those micro cultures that you've got within specific organizations that you go into too, where they're not already acquainted with what successes you've had in the past or experiences you've had or what sort of diversity you're going to be able to bring to the table within that, that new role. And it's just um, on a, I guess, more on a macro level when you think about the impact of different countries. Yeah. So I, I, I'm going to throw you off for a minute because this wasn't part of the questions, but you mentioned that two, it was 2006, Christmas Eve, you come over here, right? and you were here not too long before that, but you move over here. What was the driving force in making that decision to leave that culture behind that you just said that you built a network with, and then you decided, you know what, I'm going to the United States. What was that? Man, I absolutely love that question. So I want to rewind just a little bit to earlier that year in 2006, when I had the chance to come over to the country and in full transparency, I had no real interest in pursuing a future here. I didn't even want to come over to the country to represent. But while I was here, the culture that this country has, the people, the opportunity uh, completely flipped that uh, perception that I had upside down. Um, I always thought that the United States was, uh, you know, cheeseburgers, bald eagles, and uh, and American flags. And it's there nice to know that. There is some of that true. I just thought he said it's nice to know it's true. Um, but coming over, just seeing the people and the fact that if you really are tenacious enough to go after the goals that you've put out to succeed regardless of your upbringing or background that that's possible 
that is that is inspiring to me. And having seen that in conversations that I had with people over here just through that short time frame earlier on in 2006 and seeing that uh, being lived out, it was a no-brainer for me and why I wanted to leave everything I had behind in order to start a new future within the United States. That's, that's good. That's good. What are some of the characteristics of the workforce that, that's different? I know you mentioned and you touched on this a little bit that is different from your experience in South Africa. You talked about African time. What were some other things that you noticed that, you know, this this is different and I want to be part of it? Yeah, it's, uh, gosh, the, the, the biggest characteristic that I can say is going back to what I just mentioned previously, which if you set yourself out to go and achieve a goal, provided that you put in the, the sweat equity, it's going to be possible within that particular position. Um, what's interesting that I noticed in the States is that you, with it being an at-will workplace for the most mm-hmm. part, of course, there's a few exceptions to that, uh, there's no contracts that an employer or employee is tied into, meaning that uh, what you, you really have to put the work in if you're going to prove your worth within that particular company. Mm-hmm. And you take that same concept and you think about the characteristics that I absolutely love about the workforce here in the United States is that there are people that wake up tirelessly every single day and they come in understanding that they've got dreams and visions, understanding that there's a hope and it's actually possible to be able to achieve that. And it's really that tenacity that they come in with on a daily basis and really execute on that, that, uh, that I'm most impressed by. You know, I, I appreciate you sharing that because uh, so within within our country, within the United States, we love looking at generational research. We talk about generations like it's a second language when it comes to the workforce. And so there's this this thought or this this idea that millennials don't actually want to work. Now, I'm making I'm making a judgment here because I think we're about the same age. You're a millennial. <laughs> but you, I mean, you work hard, you show up and you make things happen. I, do you feel as though and I want to. Th- Think about this globally. I'm not not necessarily just in the United States. Sure. That globally, when you start to look at a generation like millennials who has this, have this bad rap around not showing up, being unmotivated, those types of things, uh, do you think that that's just a false premise? I do. I just the, I, I really think if you take one step back, uh, millennials as well as generations hereafter are really driven by purpose. And uh, it's with that purpose that if you're able to uh, give them that direction towards a particular purpose that they that they have, whether it's a goal, whether it's aspirations, careers, whatever it might be, that it's that purpose that's going to drive them. Um, when we think about generations that have come before us, that we're you know our economy's been built on their shoulders up to this point, um, things were dealt with very differently to the way that we are now and the way that communication moves um, just rapidly throughout the world. Um, it it's really behooves us to not tap into um, the, the, the purpose that's really there for, for the workforce as a whole over here. So for in your scenario, you found purpose and you felt that you could live out that purpose a little bit easier by coming over to the States. Correct. Yeah. And there's actually two two parts that I would say that question drives into. First, absolutely, that purpose being behind. What is it that here yeah, Bradley wants to accomplish? Um, and I was very surprised uh, to find out that you actually reach those goals at a certain point and then, okay, so what's next? Mm-hmm. Um, so I found that not only does that, that purpose t- 
tend to change, you know, specifically within goals, you know, in the short terms as they build up to the long term. But ultimately, what is the goal for you at the end of the day? Is it to be able to pay your bills on a consistent basis? Is it to be able to be in a position at work that you feel fulfilled and you just want to drive that much harder for, for the greater good in that respect? But the other part that I find is very interesting is, um, and I'm actually going to pause there real quick. I want to make sure I'm on point. Would you mind re- repeating the question? Because I wanted to make sure I hit the second part. No, of it. that's good. I, you found purpose and you felt like you could accomplish that purpose easier in the United States. And so and now I know from you and I, our relationship and, and getting to know you over the years that um, you're also a family man. I am too. And so that drives purpose as well. Sure. Providing for your family and, and, and those aspects as well. I know I've been there. Um, and so that's where I'm at right now is community, the purpose within the community, but also the purpose of how I can provide my family and be available to my family, that work-life balance. Right. No, that 100% at the nail on the head. And I appreciate it. Yeah, and it really was encapsulated with, within that, that first part of it. I just ran on as I apologize. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. We, we were getting into it. I you know? was. Yeah. And I get passionate about this stuff. When we start videotaping you know this stuff, you know, <laughs> people are going to be like, man, Bradley was into it. No, but really at the end of the day, and you you really hit the nail on the head, and it goes back to the original question, is that when we think about the generation that we've got out there now, um, their greater purpose and how employees are able to actually start to tap into that particular purpose that that employee is going to, or even deliver some level of purpose or or, or overarching theme, you know, that they're going at, that that gives the generation and generations to come something really to latch onto. And I think that's really where um, a lot of diversity actually comes into play too, is uh, you think about uh, what you bring, Chris, to the table as an example. We were talking a little bit about your experiences um, prior to us doing the podcast today and just how vastly different it is to experiences that I've had in, in my past, regardless if we're from the same country or different countries. But the crazy thing about it is that it's those different experiences and the diversity that you bring and I bring and all these listeners bring to the table at the end that really do drive that overall purpose um, at the end of the day for the community or for that individual towards their family or insert X, Y, Z. That's good. I, I had a, once again, I'm deviating away from questions. But I love it. Education. You were educated in South Africa. Did you also receive any kind of higher ed credentials in South Africa? Um, college, university. Yeah, so I actually uh, I did not receive any higher level education over in in South okay. Africa. Um, it was something that uh, was was part of the reason that I came over to the United States for, and uh, that that in itself there is uh, there is a whole culture shock that goes with that and the expectations going from a school where. I, uh, I could wear, um, you know, I had a, a set school uniform that I would wear on a daily basis. There was a set structure uh, to coming over to the U.S. where they actually empower the students a lot to, to be independent in their own right and to be able to make those, those decisions. Um, and uh, I think uh, sometimes it's almost to a fault where those decisions, you know, whether good or bad, always have the consequences at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really interesting even to see the, those differences from that standpoint. Well, and, and that's interesting because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the midst of having conversations with a, a variety of stakeholders around um, student anxiety when they're thinking about their futures. And so they do. They have a lot of freedom. And the hardest thing is that transition from secondary to post-secondary, high school to college, where they all of a sudden went from having parents following up with them every day 
making sure they're doing getting good grades, going to class to I'm on my own and I pick my own class schedule, maybe with a little of assistance, but I'm you have my own class schedule. I have to make it to class on time. No one's driving me. I'm, I just got to be there. And uh, and so I've always been interested in, in, in other cultures in the fact that they have a little bit more structure with allow, uh, not allowing as much of that that ability to kind of make your own decisions. Um, and it sounds like that was your experience as well. Yeah, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree more or articulate it any better, to be honest. Um, it's, it's interesting, as you were talking, there was a, a few points that came to mind. Um, and uh, it's fascinating because I know that in your previous project, we spoke a little bit about the impact of culture and mm-hmm. specifically how quick one is able to adapt to a particular culture, whether it's a culture within an organization, a different state, a city, uh, whatever it might be. But even within um, schooling, so you, you go out from high school into into college uh, or, or secular, whatever it might be, but there, there is a culture shock that goes with that because you're right. The parents, the teachers have all given them a lot of direction and where they should go. And, it, you know, it would behoove them to not have that anxiety. If, <laughs> if they didn't have, have any, I'd actually be a little bit concerned. <laughs> but the important part is, and I think part of the messaging behind it is that it's it's going to be taking responsibility and accountability for, for those choices first and foremost. And uh, the biggest thing is, is you, you have to take a leap. You have to take a jump in, in a direction. It's easier to move uh, an object, you know, in a certain path if it's moving than what it is if it's staying still. Um, so if, if you're out there listening to this, I highly encourage you just to, to make that decision and jump in with two feet. Um, and I can almost guarantee you, you know, that it's going to be easier for you to bob and weave, per se, you know, in the future. Yeah. I, I have to ask you, um, we got a couple more questions and I, I want to make sure we get through this. This is the conversation is so rich right now. Um, what things could American companies do better from your perspective? Um, welcoming someone that's from outside the, the country into our workforce, our system. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic question because um, what we're what we're really doing is building on upon what we already have. And uh, there's no surprise that the U.S. is where it's at within its economy, within its workforce, having an all-time low um, unemployment rate. Uh, it's, it's, it's really incredible when you look at it in, in totality. But the one thing that I can say, and I speak this from experience really, and it, uh, I alluded to it earlier on inadvertently, which is embracing diversity a lot quicker. When you think about the different experiences that folks have, uh, different educational backgrounds, different types of upbringing, um, even what sort of lens they viewed culture as as a whole in the past or how they've dealt with different major issues that they've had to deal with, when you're able to be very quick to adopt those different um, diverse individuals or or the the diversity that comes with individuals as a whole, rather, I think is Mm -hmm. the right way to say it. Um, it's really going to surprise you with what the the limit would be for your particular organization, uh, whether it be you know a business or insert X Y Z example. Um, and l- like I said, I highly speak that from experience. Embracing diversity. Correct. That's yeah. probably there. We go. That's the correct term. <laughs> it's a podcast, so you can't say it in two two words because that color would make... versus color. You know, O U R O R. Yeah, exactly. But no, that's good. That's good. And there is. 
Um, I am, I'm looking forward and in the next couple of weeks, we have a friend of mine who focuses on diversity and inclusion is going to be joining us here on the podcast. And we have those conversations quite regularly. So you've, you've really nailed the, the, uh, nail on the head, I guess, is that the right terminology? So <laughs> when you, what characteristics of your American colleagues, um, do you appreciate the most? Yeah, I, uh, this is one question that, that I've thought about a lot recently, um, and it's got a lot to do, I think, from two aspects. I think about my peers. I think about um, individuals that I've worked with in the past. Uh, but most present state um, is, is thinking about my direct reports and who I've got. And, uh, and I can tell you it's, it's two pivotal pieces. One is uh, the drive that they have and, the, and that tenacity. Earlier on, we were talking a little bit about having that goal and that purpose. Um, seeing them go for that, I have uh, an individual on my team that, that's looking at having their, their first child come the new year. Uh, we have another individual that just purchased his, his first boat. And uh, it's crazy to think that their long-term goals even though they're, they're, they're different, they're all still striving towards the same thing right now. Mm. So by far, I would say the first one is the tenacity, the ability to wake up on a daily basis, um, give it your all nine to five and beyond that, and then still jump on and look at emails at nine, 10 o'clock at night to ensure that, that their business is taken care of. Yeah. Um, and then and, so, and just so we're clear, yeah. it, these are direct reports you're talking about. So the one that's buying a boat, that means they're doing all right. So <laughs> TriNet might be hiring. Is what you're saying? A hundred percent. Shameless plug yeah, over exactly. there. Um, yeah, for which which I know we'll talk a little bit more about on on the next uh, the next podcast uh, coming down the road. But uh, but yeah, and I would say there's there's one more facet, and this is keenly um, appropriate to to the workforce over here. Is that they're candid, um, and I've seen in the past where individuals that that aren't you know now you you can be honest and you can be real about what what you, you need to deal with in the conversation um, with the still being tactful, right? Mm. Uh, and, and they do this so effectively. But, but what I've seen is how much our team, how much teams in general, how much organizations and companies have grown through strong, courageous conversations. And that's something that I would 100% attest to the workforce here in the U.S. And I encourage, if you are listening to this, is, uh, is don't be afraid to have those courageous conversations with, um, with your peers or, or even your leaders. Yeah, I, that's that's fantastic, and I think that's a really a bright way to end this particular podcast is the fact that there is so much going on, um, whether it's in your organization and our personal lives. Um, and one of the things I've noticed a trend line over the last twenty years or so is the the willingness to get in front of leaders and say, "Here's what I think. Here's what I believe," um, and do it as you said in a tactful way, which I think is is very important. And so. Bradley, this was a great conversation. I really appreciate your time, and I'm looking forward to inviting you back. We're going to talk a little bit more about trends in HR and in the future of work. Um, but for this particular conversation, this, this, it, was, it was good. So thank you so much for being here in the podcast studio. Thank you very much, Chris.